Good evening, Steeler fans. Welcome to another Wednesday night here on the Steel Curtain Network. And if it's Wednesday night, you know it's time for the Curtain Call Podcast. I'm your host, Jeffrey Benedict. With me, as always, Shannon White. Shannon, how you doing? I'm doing great. I'm just happy to have you with us this week. <laughs> yeah, it was. I had a great time. I was on vacation. I was relaxing. I was having a great time. Now I'm back into the grind. Uh, it's good to be back, though. It's good to be back talking football. I heard a rumor that you had a little bit of a Ben Roethlisberger moment while you was away, and you was concerned <laughs> that Jeremy Bentz, young Jeremy Bentz, was going to come in and have such a great podcast, he would steal some of your thunder. And, but just like I would tell Ben Roethlisberger, you don't replace a legend. So we've missed you, and we're just glad to have you back. Thank you, Shannon. Thank you. It was it was a lot of fun, uh, but I am always glad to be back doing the show. Uh, couldn't do it from vacation, but it was a, I had a good time. I was I was actually in uh, near enemy territory out there in uh, Maryland, but I was close to uh, close to a lot of our coworkers. I didn't get to meet up with anybody, but close to close to some of the the BTSC guys who were over there in Maryland. It was a nice place, beautiful country. Loved it. Uh, but getting getting to our show today, uh, today we're going to talk about the wide receiver room, the depth chart, we're going to dig into that. But before we do, there's a little bit of news going on. Uh, one, a clarification came out. We knew the Steelers had put uh, defensive lineman Rennell Wren on injured reserve. We found out that's because he had a full Achilles tear in his right foot. That is not good. Uh, whew, best Best wishes to that young man. That's hard to come back from. We had since we since we met up, we Steelers signed Marcus Golden, mm-hmm. and uh, Shannon. Well, I wanted to ask you, give you a chance to talk about this. Uh, do you think? Do you think that solves the position? Do you think we're good now? I think so. Um, well, I talked a little bit about it on the Hangover Monday because it had kind of just broke. You know, that was the first opportunity, and Golden is some is such a better fit than Malik Reed was. Malik Reed is undersized, 235 pounds, a stiller edge. They asked him to play almost like a 4-3 in. He got knocked around against the run and and really struggled to, to rush the passer as well. And so Golden is not a great athlete. His RAS score is very pedestrian. But he is 260 pounds. He's very strong. He's got heavy hands, and he's got a great motor. What the Steelers need, he can play left or right. He could come in and relieve Highsmith or TJ. You want those guys 75% of the snaps. And he can fill that void. And then you also have Roche, if he makes the team, uh, and Nick Herbig, because they're going to start him out at edge. So, yeah, I think that answers. That's a great signing. It, it was a need. And I'm really confident. Because here's the thing. The difference in Ingram and Golden, Ing- Golden's coming off a two-and-a-half sack season where he had as many pressures as Highsmith, but he only completed two-and-a-half sacks. He was he was in a frustrating situation of close but no cigar. Now he's going to be playing with a much-improved surrounding supporting cast. I think he's going to love it. He, always, he wanted to come to Pittsburgh out of college. He's always wanted to play for Mike Tomlin. This is a different animal than what they were dealing with when they had Ingram. 
because Ingram still had, you know, grandiose dreams that he was a starter. I don't think Golden, I think he realizes his role, that he could go full bore, all out, uh, you know, on a, a lower snap count. It's only going to help his career, his productivity, and his longevity. Yeah, I agree with you. Uh, I went through, I was looking at his film. KT Smith did a great film room on him. If you get a chance, mm-hmm. check him out, check that out. Uh, I thought he's, he's big. Yeah. He's very physical and he's very skilled. His hands, mm-hmm. his field work, everything is very on, you know, it's, it's good. It's very yeah. solid, very good stuff. Not a big athlete. Mm-hmm. He's not going to blow up people and, uh, you know, run down the quarterback like a TJ Watt does so easily. Uh, but he's going to be a good run defender. Yep. And he does, like you said, he offers pass rush. And with the guys around him, he might get a chance to finish a bit more than he did uh, when he was a bit more of the number one guy. You know, he, mm-hmm. he as an edge rusher, he he was a bit more of that for a while. And that that's not, that's not where he is at this point in his career. Uh, to me, I think anything you could have asked from Alex Highsmith, like his rookie season or even like coming into his second year, I think Marcus Gold is going to be all right with. Like that's the kind of that's the kind of player I think we got there. Uh, on less good news, less good news. Kevin Dotson gave an interview. <laughs> Kevin Dotson gave an interview, and while I understood he was being honest, and I respect that, like he just seemed like he just lost his job and he was okay with it. Like it's like all right, well, hey, you know, I can't really, you know, I don't have control over this. I just, just got to, you know, take the cards that are dealt you and keep going and, and do your best. Did did that interview seem a little off to you, Shannon? There's actually been a couple of interviews already that have concerned me, but we'll get to another one later. <laughs> but, yeah, to me, Dotson, a competitor wants the chance to compete. Yeah. Yes, you know, you got to read the handwriting on the wall. He know what kind of season he had last year. Mm-hmm. And then they signed Herbie. And they call and tell him that's competition. Well, when you sign Samalo, that's not competition. That's an all-pro left guard. That's the guy who's going to take your job. He's a better yeah. player than Kevin Dotson. Maybe will ever be. But you still want to say the right things. You want to say, I'm coming in to compete. You show that competitive fire. You know, you're one snap away, I always say, from being a starter. Yep. To me, it was a little bit whiny. I understand it was being honest, but it was also a little whiny. It was a little, it reminded me a little bit too much of Devin Bush last year. I might not be here, but I will be somewhere. (laughs) And I didn't like that answer. And I didn't like Dodson's answer either. I would like to see more competitive fire out of the young man. Um, So yeah, I, I, I was, I was a little disappointed, honestly. And I think that that might speak to a bit of why Kevin Dotson has never been really a favorite of this coaching staff after they mm-hmm. picked him because mm-hmm. he's never really had that. Yeah. You know, you, when, when we first got him, he was the guy who told opposing defenses what the play was and then blocked them anyways. It sounded like he was that kind of a guy, like he had mm-hmm. that. Uh, but doesn't – it just kind of seems like he knows he knows what he wants to do. He knows, you know, what he can do, and he's he's content with that. He's just kind of like, all right, you know, I'll find a place that that fits, or I'll get a chance to start again in the future. It'll happen. I, I I'm not <laughs> impressed by the responses, <laughs> but again, I don't think it's terrible. There's people stay in the NFL with that kind of attitude. It's just not 
the kind of attitude Mike Tomlin likes mm-hmm. and Mike Tomlin keeps around. There are guys who stick around simply because they have that fire. Yeah. Uh, and Tomlin yeah. keeps them around for it. Going to a guy that showed that last season and then had a pretty standout play in OTAs. Shannon White, one of your favorite players on the team, Mark Robinson, reportedly <laughs> had a pick six off Kenny Pickett. Is are are you excited? Is this news is this news exciting to you? I was excited from the get-go last year. <laughs> we all know that his weakness is inexperience, and it shows up mainly in pass coverage. Yep. His strengths are he's great at recognizing. Finding and filling running lanes because he was a running back. So if you really think about it, the the middle, the inside linebacker mirrors the running back on the other side of the field. You know, a lot of times as a running back, if you've ever played running back or if you played middle linebacker, you're watching that guy as you're moving as the play's developing. So all you're doing is the opposite of what you would have been doing if you were playing on the other side of the line. And he has a real knack and an instinct to finding them holes and filling them. Then he has contact balance, aggressiveness, and strength to take on a blocker, bounce off that blocker, or get through that block and make a tackle. What we know his weakness is is coverage. And you see, he just there was times last year when he did finally get in, and he was like, what am I supposed to do here? Where am I supposed to go? He didn't have that natural feel. So we, we assume he's been working on that all offseason. But to, the fact that he made an interception, pick six, in OTAs, I know it's, you know, uh, T-shirt and shorts, but still, he made a play. And I think they said it was a leaping interception, which, again, showcased his athleticism, which he's much more athletic than people realize. So I'm excited about it. But one thing I'm really excited about is he downplayed it. The, yeah. All his teammates were so excited. He didn't even know who the quarterback was for sure. According to what he said, he said he did not know who the quarterback who threw the interception was because everybody's saying it's Kenny Pickett. Because he realizes he's got to focus on his responsibility and making that play regardless of who the quarterback is, regardless of who he's covering. So I love the answer. Everything that we just said, Dotson saying wrong, to me, Robertson is doing and saying right. Yeah, I'll I'll agree there 100%. He – you got got the idea. He he's playing with house money, yeah, right. And he's like he's trying. He is getting as much as he can while he's here. And he talked about that. What a he talked about every step out there is like this is the dream. Yeah. He's like I'm living my dream. And you got to get the idea that he knew he knew his chances of making it in the NFL were very slim with the position change and everything mm-hmm. against him. And he's just embraced that, working his tail off, yep. and plays like this. I mean, it's practice. You know, maybe Kenny Pickett threw a bad pass. Maybe, you know, he wasn't, you know, paying the most attention. Who knows? Who knows what happened on the play? We don't have a video of it. I wish we did. Yeah. But no matter what happens in there, when you make a play like that, it lets you build a little confidence. It lets you say, okay, you know, I can do this. And then you stop thinking quite so much and you start playing a little more football. And that's that's the line. Like when Mark Robinson the, the, the learning curve to him was so steep because he had to learn the thought process. And then like, he had to know what to think while he's out there. 
And even if you get that point, you're still thinking while you're out there. You're not just playing. So he's got he's got so many steps to go through to learn what to do, to to get that process ingrained in his head, and then to get it to the point where he doesn't have to sit there and think about what he's doing. Exactly. Yeah. Plays like this, mm, it's it's such a great step to see for those players. I want to point out one more thing. It's kind of like spring training for a baseball player because you'll have a guy and, and they're saying, I want you to work on your breaking balls. Let's say your curveball today. And you'll have a guy, that's his third or fourth best pitch. And he's coming in and he's throwing his curveball in situations that he normally wouldn't. So maybe he gets hit more than he normally would in the spring training. So that's why you throw the ERA and, you know, the batting average against you. Throw all that out of the window because it's practice and you're you're trying to work new things. Who says the coaches didn't say, okay, in this play, you know, this is your read, Kenny, and you're going to throw it there. Regardless, and we're going to see if Robertson has come far enough in his development or yep. any of the guys in that interior linebacker room have come far enough that they will make the play on this ball. It could be totally intentional and OTAs go, it doesn't matter. So to me, like he said, it was the sight thing. It was the sight play. He had to make that read. He made the proper read. Last year, he probably wouldn't have because he just, he struggled with recognition. So that's at least saying that there has been progress. So even though it's only in OTAs, it, it, it isn't meaningless. Yep. I like it's a, it also, also really at this point in the season, any football, <laughs> even if it's in shorts, <laughs> we'll, we'll take anything, man. Anything. Yeah. Um, I love it. One more, uh, get, that, let's get into the wide receivers. And we're going to start by talking about someone who gave an interview that had some <laughs> stuff that I really liked and some stuff that kind of caused Shannon White to question a specific player's sanity and connection with reality. Uh, George Pickens, talking to someone, viewed himself as a Pro Bowl snub. Shannon, what are what are your thoughts on that? <laughs> well, we talked about it a little bit before the show, and so you kind of already know. If George Pickens really believes that he was a Pro Bowl performer last year, and he got snubbed, that I'm concerned. Because the ability to evaluate oneself as a professional, as an athlete, it is very, very important. Because having a higher opinion of yourself that is realistic, we know that Chase Claypool said all these things he wanted to do last year, and he was a totally a non-factor for the Steelers or the Bears. We've already heard Deontay Johnson say what he wants to be this year. I have no problem with guys, you know, saying, projecting what they want to accomplish. Set your goals high. You know, as, as Vince Lombardi said, we'll, start, we'll strive for perfection. We'll never obtain it, but we will achieve excellence on the way. I'm perfectly fine with that. But George Pitts insinuating or saying that he was snubbed from the Pro Bowl makes me question his grasp of reality. Because if he thinks he's a Pro Bowler, 
how hard did he work this offseason to really improve, which should have been substantial. He should be working on his footwork like crazy, cleaning that up, running consistently, giving consistent effort in every route. Because sometimes if he knew he wasn't the target, he was loafing in these routes, guys. This guy's too talented. But that work ethic, listen, work ethic is the it factor for wide receivers. Mm-hmm. A quarterback, yeah. what makes them special is the it factor before a wide receiver. It all comes down to work ethic. And that answer concerns me greatly because the Steelers have already dealt with some receivers who lost touch with reality in the past. And I hope that George Pickens doesn't repeat that um, that tendency that we've seen from Antonio Brown and a few of those guys. Yeah, I. it is questionable. You're, you're sitting there and you look through some of the AFC, the names of the AFC uh, wide receivers, and you look at their numbers and uh, – it's a little hard to compare Pickens. And, yeah. and the one thing he said is there was no one that excited him in that group. <laughs> and I was like, okay, man. All right. All right. That's that's a that's a that's a that's something to throw out there. Yeah. You know, that's gonna be uh that's gonna be on some bulletin boards of some wide receivers that made the Pro Bowl. Yeah. And uh he's gonna have to step up, he's gonna have to back that up. Two things he said in that. Now, you you mentioned if he's got that ego, how hard is he actually working? Two things he said in that very interview were actually a big positive to me, and I was very excited to hear them. Because he specifically said he went to work this offseason on the little things in his routes. And the second part of that, he said, I want to be a better target for Kenny. I feel like it's time to step that next step. Right? I... I think he understands. He has his process in the right point. He has his mind in the right point of saying, you know, this is the next step I need to take. I need to be that better target. I need to be have better route running, better footwork. I need to be the person who's getting open. That's what I hope he meant there. And I, I hope uh, I hope his uh, Pro Bowl comments were more, I'm hoping, I'm hoping they were kind of in jest, having a little fun maybe. I don't know. I didn't. I don't. I didn't get to see it. So uh, we'll see. What? Are you, what if what do you not? Think, if if not, that head thing he wears is too tight. <laughs> it's cutting off the oxygen to his brain. <laughs> I'm worried about that. He needs to not wear that thing. Yep. Oh, I love it. Oh, where? Well, George Pickens. We just talked about him. We're talking about the Steelers depth chart. I think. I don't think anyone would say George Pickens has a chance of not being on this roster. No. If he's healthy. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's he's going to be there. After the season he had as a rookie, the potential he showed, the connection with Kenny Pickett, he's going to be there. Shannon, when we look at receivers like Deontay Johnson and George Pickens, right? You have George Pickens, who was more productive per target. You have Deontay Johnson, who consistently is open, consistently generates targets. How would how would you even begin to judge between the two of these? Uh, who's the number one receiver? Can you go simply by targets, or you know, what would George Pickens have to do to be considered the number one receiver this year? Well, the Steelers don't have a number one, not yet. Uh, Deontay Johnson is a really quality number two, who I question whether he can ascend that far. 
George Pickens has all the talent in the world to do it, but he's not there yet. That's why the whole Pro Bowl snub comment worries me. But the our number one receiver, we had Hines Ward. The Steelers have had Antonio Brown. That is the number one wide receiver. A number one wide receiver is everybody knows it's third and seven. This is winning time. Everybody knows that they want to get him the ball and they still can't cover him. He can still get open. He still makes the play. He has that kind of connection with the starting quarterback. That's things that they are clutch. Mm -hmm. We've seen Deontay Johnson drop passes at the worst moments because a player who is the number one makes clutch plays. Other players fail in those moments. And it's something, you know, that you have to prove. It has to be established. And the Steelers don't have that established number one right now. You know, I don't think Pickett would even think, you know, would agree that he doesn't have a true established number one wide receiver right now. So Dante Johnson is a great route runner. With the improvements on the offense this year, I think he should get substantially less targets. But I think he should have more opportunities to catch the ball with room to do something with it, which he did not have the last two years. So that is going to help him. If George Pickens has cleaned up his footwork to where he he can actually achieve some separation, think about it. How many times did you see him get separation last year? Yeah, It, it was not very often. He would purposely run to try to keep that guy pinned on him because he was so good at contested catches. But he needs to work on his slants and – but also, they didn't throw many of them. So we're going to have to see. It, everything's projection right now. But I just don't think that they have a number one wide receiver at the moment. Yeah. I, I would agree with you on that. Um, and here, here's my here's my follow-up. If we're going to talk, compare Pickens with Deontay Johnson. Deontay Johnson's now 28 years old. Do you think there's much room for improvement here? Where where do you think his ceiling this season lies? Are we talking about the kind of numbers he put up with Ben when he went to the Pro Bowl? Like, what kind of numbers do you think Deontay Johnson could put up this season at his age? I do not want to see Deontay Johnson with over 80 receptions. Because the way this offense is going to be set up, we the they need to be pretty close in total between Johnson and Pickens as your two starting wide receivers. I think we're going to see less three wide receiver sets than we've seen out of the Steelers in years because I think you're going to see more two tight end sets, more opportunity for Connor Hayward to be on the field, and a lot more usage of the running backs in the passing game. That is Canada's office. That's his, you know, where he's excelled in the past. It is not in wide receiver usage. So if they're force feeding Deontay Johnson the ball again, and he's getting, you know, 90-some receptions and 1,000 yards, and even if he gets five or six touchdowns, that's not good for this offense. Because that, that means that Pickens, Fryermuth, these other guys that need to take a step forward really didn't. So I'm wanting to see a more effective Johnson, but utilize far less. <laughs> yeah. And 
I can tell you statistically when he gets down to the like five targets a game, mm-hmm. seven targets, five to seven targets a game is when his yards per target and his effectiveness goes up. There's games where he got five targets and he had really good yardage mm-hmm. and he had a touchdown. And then there's games where he gets like 12, 13 targets and that leads to like 85 yards. Mm-hmm. And you're like, well, like, that's not good. That's not really that good. Um, so yeah, I, I'm going to agree with you. I'm going to say he, what we want to see is him do, is him, you know, scale back the volume up the efficiency because of the pieces around him. And that's really my thoughts on Deontay Johnson. Is it really Deontay Johnson is who he is and his productivity to this point has been based kind of off what's going on around him, Mm -hmm. right? He is going to excel in an offense where he's not the number one guy, but when it comes down to, and too frequently, it came down to, especially Ben Roethlisberger's last season yeah. when DJ made the Pro Bowl was, we just throw the ball to DJ because he can get open in two seconds, and that's the amount of time you have to throw yeah. it. Yeah. So Ben was just like, where's Deontay? <laughs> just throw it to him and hope hope he catches it. Maybe we get yeah. four yards, and then we'll do it again on second down. Uh, so I, I'm, I'm with you there. I'm with you there. Now, do you think there's any threat to either of those guys being starters on this team? Um, I would like to say yes, but honestly, no. Yeah. You'd like to see someone just come up and be like, I'm that good, but that's not really, that's not realistic. Alan Robinson, man, if he could somehow find the fountain of youth and go back to being like 25 years old and dominating, that'd be great, but that's not going to happen. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, we are, we're going to take a break. And when we get back, we're going to talk about the rest of the depth chart behind Deontay Johnson and George Pickens, who we think are going to be major players, uh, some people who are at risk, and maybe a few uh, people who could surprise and contend for snaps, targets, roster spots. So stay tuned. We'll be right back after this break. And we're back. Shannon, we just talked about George Pickens and Deontay Johnson. Next up, the veteran, Allen Robinson. We're projecting him. I think we I think we both are on page with him being the primary slot receiver. Obviously, the Steelers move everyone around a bit. Uh, but he'd be the primary slot receiver. You were saying you expect a lot more two-receiver looks. How much action, how much of a chance to make a difference do you think Allen Robinson is going to actually get in the Steelers' offense? Um, I think the guy to compare him to would be Jericho Cotri. Um, Cotri, I think in three years, had like 1,500 yards and maybe 12 or 13 touchdowns. And he was extremely effective in the red zone and on third down. Because of his veteran savvy, he knew how to settle in the open spot and zone. He was a, a security blanket for being – you know, that extra uh, guy he knew he could count on that was crafty enough to get open. Like I said, that sometimes that's that's what a young quarterback like Kenny Pickett needs is that is that guy he can count on. And I think Allen Robertson can still do that. He's the same age at 28 years old that Country was when he came to Pittsburgh. So I'm hoping to see similar production. So 500 yards? Uh, five or six touchdowns, 
I think it's realistic because, again, I think that, as I've said, I think we're going to see Fryermuth out of the slot. I think we're going to see uh, Connor Hayward out of the slot. And there's some other receivers there that, that have potential as well. But Robinson was brought in for his veteran presence, not just for the receiver room, but also for Kenny Pickett. And you, if you've listened to some of his interviews, he's already talking about his relationship that he's developing with Kenny Pickett. And, you know, I remember Ben and Brown talking and Ben and Ward talking in the past about, you know, what they see, and then they would come back and exploit it later. It's hard for a young receiver to come back. You know, Pickett comes back every play. I'm wide open. I'm wide open. Throw it up. Throw it up. That doesn't help a quarterback. Yeah, But if you have a venture guy who knows what he's doing and can read the defense and see tendencies and how they're playing him and playing the offense, he can be a real asset to Kenny Pickett. So I think that Robinson was brought in with that big picture in mind. The Steelers liked him when he came out. Another guy who has that relationship with Tomlin, I think it's a great opportunity for Robinson. I think he wants to be in Pittsburgh, and I think he will be effective in that role. But I just think, as I said, the opportunities are going to be maybe not what everybody's expecting. But I think even though that there will be limited opportunities, I think he's going to do a really good job with those opportunities. Yeah, I agree. I really like him uh, His him and how he attacks zone defense, finds soft spots in zones. He's got he's very reliable target. Uh, and I think that's good for, for Kenny Pickett. He's also, you brought up his age, he uh, being a – Similar to what Jared Kukatri was and he when he came here. He's also the exact same age Heinz Ward was in Ben Roethlisberger's second season in the NFL. Hey, and for Kenny yeah. Pickett's second season yep, in the NFL, yep. he has Allen Robinson. Obviously, Allen Robinson is not Heinz Ward. But and he, he's <laughs> no. gone through injuries. You know, Heinz at Heinz at 20, Heinz at 29 was still killing it. Yeah. Uh Heinz at 32 was still a, a serious weapon. Uh, Allen Robinson might not be there, but he's going to give us, he's going to give you that kind of cagey veteran presence uh, that I think can, I agree with you, could really help Kenny, especially in tough situations. My next most likely player to make it from, you know, the roster currently to the final roster for me is Miles Boykin. He's not much of a receiver, but his special teams strength, he is a fantastic blocker. Uh, I mean, like if you if you last year if you had to choose between Connor Hayward or Miles Boykin blocking a linebacker, it was a tough decision. And one of those guys is a wide receiver. One of those guys is significantly bigger and was listed at tight end. But Miles Boykin is just that kind of a blocker. Uh, I think he's kind of a lock. I think he's almost a lock. He's going to be very very hard to knock off of this roster. Shannon, do you share my view of Miles Boykin or or uh, where do you have him? Well, before I answer, I want to ask a quick question. Did you catch my article about the receiver position today? Yes. Yeah, I did. Okay. Well, you kind of already know the answer. Yeah. I think that Miles Boykin was brought back to battle for that sixth wide receiver spot, even though I'm not convinced they're going to keep six receivers this year. I hope Miles makes it because he is the best special teams gunner in football. But with the new rule changes, the kick return has lost even more value 
the returner and the coverage. And now you're just looking at the punt return game. Uh, so I think you're going to see less kick return specialists kept on the roster. Maybe even less gunners kept on the, you know, specialists kept on the roster. I don't understand why Boykin isn't a better receiver, more productive yeah. receiver. I mean, the Ravens couldn't do anything with him, and the Steelers didn't even use him that way. My concern for Boykin is now they can put Firemuth as that extra blocker. They got Darnell Washington. They got Gentry. They've got other receivers on this roster. Robertson is a good blocker. Robertson is a big man. Uh, He's 6'2", 220, uh, and a strong receiver. So he can block. Last year, you know, Pickens was outside. You know, he wasn't never in the slot, really. And Johnson's too tiny. So that's why Boykin got moved in there. They used Gunnarowski in the slot as a blocker. Those guys might not be the best blocker now. Because who says you can't just put Darnell Washington in there? Or So I like Boykin. I don't think he's a sure thing. Um, it, it's really going to depend on training camp and preseason. All right. I'll, I'll go real quick. Miles Boykin played 132 snaps on offense. Mm-hmm. How many targets do you think he got? 12. Three. Oh, my gosh. Worse than I thought. <laughs> three. He had two receptions for 11 yards on three targets on 132 snaps. And well, the vast majority about, of those plays about, were one place. We've talked about how that if Boykin was in there, you're tipping your hand. People's worried about, well, being had his foot this far back or he's, or whatever. Yep. The ultimate tale was if it was Boykin or Osevsky, you don't have to cover them guys because they're not a target. They would never throw it to them. Yep. That's like having one less player playing on offense. All right, and here, let's talk about the guy I think could uh, val- bring value like Miles Boykin as a blocker and also be a receiver, recent signee, and a fellow draft classmate of Deontay Johnson, Hakeem Butler, one of Shannon's favorite signings from the XFL Shannon, do you think Akeem Butler is going to kick Miles Boykin off this team with his blocking, his size, and his downfield threat? If it's just as a pure receiver, it's not even close. Yeah. If Hakeem Butler has matured and grown and learned his craft, when they picked Deontay Johnson, I was so aggravated and upset because I my draft crush at receiver that year was Akeem Butler. Because he, the way he liked to play was what Ben was Ben begging for, was a big receiver who could high point the ball and go get it. Mm-hmm. And with Ben's accuracy and all those things, I thought it would have been perfect. And, of course, we know what happened. And the Steelers were right. Dante Johnson he was a, you know, is a great route runner. And he was a far better pro than Akeem Butler. Akeem Butler, was he crashed and burned completely out of the NFL. He he tried to you know catch on in Canada, and that didn't work out. And but if you watched him in the XFL, and the only reason I watched was certain guys like him, AJ McCarron, guys I thought Steelers might bring you guys in at camp and give them mm-hmm. a shot. If you watched him, he plays now like a big, almost like 
Travis Kelsey like tight end more than he does receiver. He is 6'5 and 235, but he has 35-inch arms, over 35-inch arms. His arms would be elite on an offensive tackle. Yep. He has almost 11-inch hands, 10 and three-quarter inch hands. The guy is perfect in his size to shield guys like Gonzalez did, Antonio Gates did, all these type of big receivers, tight ends. Shield that guy, especially in the red zone or in short yardage, and make extended hands catches with that incredibly long reach and in big mitts. If he has learned, he can also block. He's very big, very strong. Yep. And he is actually, if you I was watching just some of the OTA drills, because we don't get to see the plays like we were talking about, uh, like Mark Robinson made and other guys. But just watching the drills. His feet were very quick, and he mm-hmm. looked very nimble for a guy his size. So I think that it was well worth the invite. See what he has. If he has matured, he's still relatively young, and he's a guy that could uh, be a real weapon out of the slot because he can block the things they used with Boykin and Osefsky last year. He can block, but he would also be a great – Short yardage and red zone target. Now, see, I was also a little bit high on him coming out of the draft for the Steelers specifically Mm -hmm. uh, because of how well Ben Roethlisberger did with guys like Martavis Bryant, Sammy Coates, guys that really shouldn't have worked in the the NFL. Like, they really didn't have the polished skills. uh, And then you put them with Ben Roethlisberger and they put up numbers. So I was always like, you know, Akeem Butler – if he's mm-hmm. around, like that third round pick, I was also like, "Ooh, yeah. they could get yeah. Kakeem Butler here, and that might that might fit." Uh, I think I, you know what? If you had put him on that team, obviously he would have been joining in exactly the wrong year to join the Steelers yeah. in 2019. Yeah. But if you if you put a Hakeem Butler uh, with Ben Roethlisberger before the injury, mm-hmm. I, I think he has a much better start to his career. I think he sticks oh, around definitely. a little bit longer. Mm-hmm. I was low on him coming out of college because his releases and his strength in the route, he didn't defend his route well, and he didn't Mm -hmm. get off the line of scrimmage well. And and you get that a lot with big receivers, especially from like, you know, some of these conferences, like the big, I think it was the big 12 at the time. Yeah. They didn't didn't defend. They didn't get physical with these receivers. They let them run all over the place. And he was great until you stopped letting them run all over the place. You know who he looked like? Who? George Pickens. George Pickens. Yeah. Let the guy run next to you mm-hmm. and then just win the contested catch. There, yeah. There's so many talented, freakish athletes in college, and they think that's all it takes to play wide receiver. It does not work in the NFL. Yep. Yep. Well, I was watching his XFL film, and honestly, a lot of the flaws he had coming out of college, he's fixed. Yeah. At least, I mean, with the caveat that this is XFL talent. Yeah, yeah. These are guys that are roster bodies on NFL teams <laughs> at the best, right? Uh, very few of them ever make it over. We'll have to see. Yeah. We'll have to see. Uh, but if he can be your number four receiver, you know, if he can get out there. on If he's good enough to get out there in the field with his height, with his speed, with his reach, his yeah. catch radius is insane. Mm-hmm. That's a weapon. Mm-hmm. That's what I mean. We saw that. We see that with Zach Gentry. We saw that with Jesse James. 
he wasn't a very good tight end, Mm-mm. but he had that incredible reach and that was valuable. You could throw it away from the defender and he could still get it. Akeem Butler, he's got value if he can translate, if he can make this roster. Another guy that's kind of a wild card that we haven't seen, Calvin Austin third. Now he's been talking about kick returns and punt returns again in a year where that's devalued, especially kick returns. Mm-hmm. Um, Shannon, if the Steelers are running fewer wide receivers, fewer three wide receiver sets, fewer four wide receiver sets, if you've got, say, a Hakeem Butler, you know, with his size and physicality giving you a boost in the run game, if you've got an Allen Robinson with his veteran presence, how much opportunity does Calvin Austin III have to make an impact on a team that seems to be going for players who are bigger and more physical over players like himself who are a little bit smaller and a, and a little bit being an understatement here uh, yeah. and on the quicker <laughs> side. Where where do you think he fits into this, into this room? He has the one thing nobody else has, and that's elite speed and elusiveness. Last year, there were so many times that the Steelers were so close to breaking a big play and they just couldn't quite get around the edge or they got tackled. You know, they do not have elite speed out of any of their receivers. None of them are incredibly elusive. I guess most of the big plays in that regard last year come from Jalen Warren because he could make a guy miss in the open field and turn it into a big play. Um, To me, Calvin Austin III, if fully healthy. Now, this is totally based on what he did at Memphis. If he is totally healthy, you can use him in such a variety of ways. Connor Hayward is not the only uh, guy that you can move around, a versatile Swiss Army knife type of player. You can put Calvin Austin, in, again, with that improved offensive line, have Darnell Washington out there, have Gentry, have your big receivers. Put Calvin Austin back in the backfield and let him come out of the backfield. Let him run them jet sweeps. Get in the ball in space. If they if they're gonna have to cover, if you have Darnell Washington and Calvin Austin in the third, I mean on the field at the same time, you better have the right guy matched up on the right guy. Because if you get a linebacker matched up on Austin, it's history. He's yep. gone. If you get a little corner. A slot corner matched up on Darnell Washington. I know where I'm going with that football. <laughs> yeah. So what? it's all about mismatches. It's all about weapons. And Calvin Austin has something that the Steelers have not had since Mike Wallace, and that's elite speed. And if you could just get splash plays, chunk plays, it makes playing the game, the offense, so much easier. It will help pick it. It's going to help everybody. Because just the threat of his speed out there, uh, I believe that he is almost a lock to make the roster barring injury. Because, again, he has something that you can't coach and that nobody else has on the team. Yeah. I mean, there's 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 nobody out there with his level of speed, but he also has quickness. He yeah. has the whole package. Uh, my thoughts on Calvin Austin III, I say this every time we talk about him, I feels like. Feels like I have a broken record here, but guys his size with his kind of speed, yeah, either are good or they're gone. Yeah, 
There's only there's only two options. There's no, oh, you can stick around. No. No, you're either getting the ball and you're making plays, or you're not in the league. Nope. Those guys just don't get to stick around. So as much as I, I want to see him succeed, as much as I'd love to see him take that skill set, put it into the you know, put it into the NFL and do something with it. We got to see it. Yeah. We got to see it happen. Now, when we move past the five guys we've talked about here, we have a couple of veterans that I call the fallback guys. For example, if suddenly you realize you don't have a punt returner, you don't have someone who can, you, you need someone to fair catch that kickoff every time. You've got Gunnar Olszewski. That's, you know, that's his skill set. He's going to find that ball and he's going to fair catch it. And with kickoffs, you know, that, that man is the right man back there. I always look every year and the number of teams who actually do better than a, than a, uh, better than a, than a touchback on kickoff returns is very, very small. There's like two, maybe three teams a year that do better on average than just taking a touchback. And this year, that's going to be even more pronounced with yeah. you being able to fair catch literally anywhere mm-hmm. and have it be a touch, touchback. So Gunnar Olszewski might be the best kick returner in the NFL this year <laughs> simply because that man's going to get you a fair catch. You know what I'm saying? Like, like that's kind of that's, – that's, I'm t- obviously tongue-in-cheek here. But, uh, but that's the state of kick returns now. Is there even a chance Gunnar Olszewski makes this team, Shannon? I almost feel like I'm on an episode of the movie Dumb and Dumber. <laughs> so you're saying there's a chance. I, I'll tell you what, it sounds like you're saying to me is we need to bring back Ryan Switzer. Yeah. Because the guy was great at fair catching. Oh, he fair caught hey, anything. Gunnar Oshevsky dropped the fair catch last year against the Patriots that cost That's the Steelers true. the game. So Ryan Switzer is even more reliable. The good Orzhevsky ever thought of being. Oh my so God. I, all you're saying is, you know, bring back Ryan Switzer. <laughs> I, think, I, I, think like, I honestly, I cannot see Gunnar Orzhevsky making this roster. He is a kick returner who the Steelers coaching staff lost faith in after that incident against the Patriots. Yep. Which, you know, when you're one game away from making the playoffs or not, that was huge. Yeah, I don't think the Steelers. I'm Sorrenti still on the roster, to be honest with you. Uh, he also makes more money than all these other guys we're going to be talking about. Mm-hmm. So I'm kind of shocked that he's even still around. Uh, he wasn't necessarily a great blocker. He offered nothing in the passing game. He could do a little bit with the jet sweep, but I think a lot of these guys we're talking about could do that. So I do not see Gunnar Olszewski making the roster. No. All right, and the other guy I got in those kind of veteran fallback guys. Anthony Miller, he's a slot receiver, had that successful run with uh, Mitch Trubisky, but he hasn't made the active roster on the Steelers at all. Uh, Very unlikely at his age. He's in his late 20s. Very unlikely you're going to see him, you know, show up and and be a surprise. Uh, But there are a couple of guys that could be surprises here. One thing. Okay. Uh, One thing about Anthony Miller, and I've talked about it, Today in the discussion thread, he's already hurt. Yeah. <laughs> it's OTAs, and he's already dealing with a hamstring injury. Yeah. The guy is perpetually injured. 
I wish I could believe in him. I wanted him to be a factor last year. They got Allen Robertson, who was the better player in Chicago, and I think he'll be the better player here. I think Miller's history. So you don't, you don't think they're rolling back the, the 2018 Chicago Bears? Well, <laughs> was Miller injured a lot in Chicago? I don't know. But ever since he got to Pittsburgh, he stays hurt. Yeah, he got he got injured and then like left Chicago. They they cut him and he yeah. hasn't been able to stay healthy since. Yeah. We have a couple of dark horse candidates. We got two rookies in the wide receiver room. And this is it. Jordan Burt. He is a college returner. He is a running back, but he's super small. He's even smaller than Calvin Austin the yeah. third. Um, he's listed as a wide receiver. The other rookie receiver is Cody Crest, who is a rookie. But he's I, I can't find his birthday, I can't find his age, but he's been in college for seven years. Um, so I'm assuming he's around 25. Yeah, yeah, he's gotta be like he's gotta be pretty much 24 or 25 at least. Um played played Ivy League for four years, only actually played in games in one his fourth year on the team. He started playing in games, transferred, and got to play again. Uh, for three more years. And now he's in the NFL and the Steelers have him. He's very fast, timed-wise. Uh, but yeah, he, he played in the Mountain West and was decent. Uh, do you think Jordan Bird or Cordy Crest have much of a chance here? Well, I'll start off this statement like this. We've seen guys like Darren Sproles and other small receivers, running backs, who had the toughness, had some contact balance, had that intensity, and they had durability. Those are the things that we're going to have to see out of Calvin Austin. As you said, you know, either you're really great, you're small, you're super fast and elusive, and you're really great, or you're not in the league. Uh, I can't think of the, the guy I liked with the Bears that got hurt recently. And it's no longer in the NFL. Um, I wanted the Steelers to sign him. Um, yeah. Colvin. Uh, Colton. No. Oh, I can't think. He was a running back. Yeah. Tariq. Uh, he was. I can't think of his name. But anyway. Cohen? Huh? Tariq Cohen? Yeah. That's it. Tariq Cohen. He was a little a little guy. But he, you know, until he blew his knee out, he was a very effective little player. So, you know, we don't know what Austin can be. Same thing with the Jordan Bird. But Bird's taking is having to make a position switch because he was a running back. Yep. They brought him in and they're calling him a wide receiver. They're basically have brought him in to be a kick return candidate. That is not, especially with the new rules and all, I don't see a specialist making the team. Yeah. We we've had Steven Sims and we've had Ray Ray McLeod. But these guys give you something as a receiver. Yeah. I don't see Bird being able to do that. So I do not see his making the roster. Uh, Chris, same thing. I mean, he's he's got, you know, above average height and that speed. But, I mean, he was like uh, the movie with Ryan Reynolds where he was in, Van Wilder. That guy never wanted to leave college. He was just having the time of his life. I don't think now's the time he's going to make it as a professional football player. So, um, it's kind of like when Duck Hodges came to camp. I called him a camp arm. Because that's what he was there to do, to you know, yep. wear his arm out and, and keep it off being and those guys. And he proved me wrong. He was more than a camp arm. One of these guys, they're camp bodies. 
Yep. They're going to be running a lot of reps to make sure these guys get plenty of reps. Uh, hopefully one of them surprises us because that's always a pleasant surprise, but I don't see it. All right. The last, very last part I want to talk about is someone who got some, uh, got a little press today, had three, scored three touchdowns in OTA practice. Uh, Des Fitzpatrick, if you don't know who this guy is, he's almost identical in size to Allen Robinson. Very similar speed numbers, a little bit lower agility scores than Allen Robinson. But roughly, if you're thinking size and speed, he's built like Allen Robinson is. And he caught three touchdowns in practice. Uh, what's the what's the chance of a guy like that making it? Do you think do you think Des is, is Des Fitzpatrick on your radar now, Shannon? Well, that could be the kind of guy that I was just saying a camp yep. surprise. Uh, you asked me, had I heard about it before the show? And I'm like, uh, not only have I did I not hear about him catching three touchdowns, I'm really not sure who he is. <laughs> and, and I looked real quick, and I said he was a fourth-round draft pick by the Titans. And, you know, he's still very young. And, you know, he had decent speed and size. and um, Guys like that, a lot of times, we all know it's location, it's scheme, it's fit. Maybe he'll just prosper and flourish in Pittsburgh. And if you could get a guy like that and maybe he starts out on the practice squad and eventually can become something more, Hey, that's the dream, but it's not just the dream for the player. It's a dream for the franchise because those are, those are like a covering a gym, a hidden gym. And the stores are really good at that. You know, when they brought in Mike Hilton, nobody batted an eye. I mean, Mm -hmm. he was just this itty bitty undersized guy that everybody said should be playing safety. And he ends up being one of the best slot corners in the NFL. It happens. It happens. So, uh, yeah, I'll be watching him. I'll be paying attention now. <laughs> yep. All right. Uh, I do want to get to this a little while ago. Uh, Thanks, Mean Joe gave us $5. Thanks for the $5, Mean Joe. And his question was, what would be your current grade at overall for the overall wide receiver position, and are you excited for it? Man, it's almost, I'd have to say, an incomplete. Th- this is like having to to give a grade in in the middle of the term. You know what I'm saying? Because they yeah. haven't even turned in all the paperwork yet, all the, the assignments. Um, but if I had to give a grade at this point, I do not have complete faith in any of these receivers at this point. I, as we mentioned, every guy we talked about, there's questions. Uh, so therefore, I'm going to have to say a B minus. And the reason I give a B minus because they could easily flip this to a B plus. Yeah. With just just you know meeting expectations that I have, that I'm sure the Steelers have. We have total faith in Con, Weidel, this front office, and in Mike Tomlin. And and but people don't realize the Steelers have went through a lot of wide receiver coaches in the last few years. And so I think it's affected their ability to develop receivers. So this is the first time they'll have the same wide receiver coach in two consecutive seasons. So hopefully we're going to see the development. And if they do develop like we're hoping, it could easily be a B plus. Yeah, our offensive line, I am offensive line and receiver coaches. Yep, yep. Both here for their second season for the first time in a while. 
Hopefully <laughs> things get better. Hopefully yeah. things do. Uh, for me, when I think of overall grade at wide receiver, I'm thinking my first thought goes to the division inside the AFC North. And man, the the Ravens. It's hard. It's hard to put the Steelers above the Ravens right now. Um, I think they could be. There's so many question marks there, but I I think we're in a similar spot with the Ravens where they don't really know what they have. Mm-hmm. And we don't really know what we have. I think I think we're in a little better shape as our our we don't know what we have happens to do with youth. And theirs happens to be with guys they're hoping can uh, kind of bounce back a bit and, and still have it. Uh but I, I'm I'm saying you're looking at our room and I'm thinking this could be better. I think this is better than what the Browns have. Mm-hmm. I think we got better receivers than the Browns do. Yep. I, I obviously not not in the Bengals league. Uh, that's, that's, (laughs) you know, that's, that's one or that's top three in the NFL, no matter how you rank receivers. Uh, I put us with the Ravens. So I think we got a chance of having the second best wide receiver group in our, in our division, which would be nice. I'd be a nice thing for Kenny Pickett, especially if the offense is, you know, being set up favorably with, with the running game to function better for him. I, I like it. I, I think this room could be very good. If you have the deepest quarterback position in the conference, <laughs> I mean, it, you know, one to three. Yeah. If you have the top or one of the top running back tandems. Yeah. And you have the best tight end room. Yeah. Having receivers in the middle of the pack in the, in the division, you can live with that. Yeah, and then you, then you get you didn't even bring up the offensive line where we think they could be. Yeah, I mean, I think they're I I can see them conceivably being the best offensive line in the division this year. Oh yeah, yeah, me too. It's offense. This man. Okay, for your for you, Shannon, I'll, I'll try this. What is who? Which receiver would you say is your biggest X factor for how good the Steelers receivers are this season? Mm, that's a tough one. Um, I would want to say Calvin Austin for the speed factor and, and those splash plays, uh, but it has to be George Pickens. Pickens, if he takes that next step in that development and becomes the Pro Bowl guy that, that he feels like he was snubbed last year, uh, if he leaves no doubt that he is a Pro Bowler this year and he's the future, that is the guy that's going to make the difference. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, I can't disagree with that. Uh, to take another guy and say I think they could be a big part of this wide receiver room, I'm, I'm going to Keem Butler. I think he, I think if he shows up and he turns into, he, he comes out there and shows, hey, I'm an NFL caliber wide receiver. I can be your number three. I can be your number four guy. That kind of range. Uh, then, then this wide receiver room suddenly has some depth and a whole lot of size. Yeah, really. Like they just suddenly, you just got a lot bigger. Yep. And that's that's gonna be tough to deal with. And when you think about, especially when you think about scoring touchdowns, Steelers did a great job driving down the field last year. But when they got closer to scoring range, they settled for a lot of longer field goals. Mm-hmm. Kenny Pickett struggled to get the ball into small windows. If you got a guy like Hakeem Butler, you got guys like Allen Robinson. If George Pickens takes that next step. You've got Pat Fryermuth. You've got you know Darnell Washington. You got a lot of size. You got a lot of contested catch players. 
you got a lot of guys who can come down with that football. Yep. And that's a big deal for the for turning field goals into touchdowns. All right. I do you have anything else to add, Shannon? Any more thoughts on the receivers? No, I think we covered it. But you know, I've been talking about it all day between the article and the discussion thread and the show. And uh I just I feel like we're all on the same page. I think everybody sees, you know, nobody's as I said in the article, I have a habit of looking through the black and gold glasses. And I'm trying to start out with a little skepticism to balance out my eternal optimism. So I think we're, we're, we're getting a good realistic expectations for these guys. And, and there is a lot of potential there, but we'll have to see it turned into production. But I was looking forward to this show. And I know next show we're going to cover the inside linebackers. Mm-hmm. And that's something else that I'm really passionate and excited about. <laughs> Hopefully we have some more good news too cutting into yes. that one. Uh we'll be keep we'll be keeping an eye out for that. All right. Uh thank you everyone for listening. Thank you for uh joining us here. Thank you for your comments in the live chat. We love it. If you're listening on the audio platform, thank you for listening there. Make sure you're checking out all the podcasts on Steel Curtain Network wherever you listen to podcasts. If you want to try to catch a live show, we're here on this YouTube channel. Click the the Follow, click the notifications thing so you'll get notified when we go live. Keep up with us. We're going to be here all off-season keeping you informed, talking football with you. Uh, thank you for allowing us to do that. We really appreciate it. And hit that like button, that love button. What You know, that don't sound good, but hit, the, hit one of their buttons. <laughs> and tell us how you feel. <laughs> Shannon White's new sign-off. Hit that love button. All right. Um, I can't top that. All right. Uh, <laughs> again, thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. Thank you for hanging out with us. As always, have a great week, and let's go Steelers. Hey.